So the occasion of spending time together, this retreat, it's kind of specialised, um, you know, and that's that's important to uh, you know create some boundaries so that one can deconstruct in peace and sort of fall apart a little bit maybe. Um, things come to the surface that need to be felt, um, digested and chewed over and released. Mm. And through that, gaining strength, patience, resilience, um, equanimity, and all that the comes forth whenever we are able to find the time and occasion to establish presence. We establish presence, however faltering that may be, however, you know, um, incomplete they may be. It's always incomplete until you've completed your work, as it were. So most of it's being present with what arises and naturally the focus tends to be on what's arising, you know, the important or the pressing or the disappointing or the uncertain, nagging stuff. And it's uh, quite a practice to be able to just put that on pause, an act of faith in fact, and not uh, go into doing but into pausing and begin to discern the quality of stress, uncertainty, incompletion um, that's there. It doesn't mean that things are necessarily always anguished, but they're unresolved because conditioned life is unresolved. There's nothing wrong with you particularly, it's just that condition are dukkha, which means they're unresolved, incomplete, always rolling on to the next possibility which creates the next possibility which creates the next obstacle which creates the next thing we have to manage to get past that so that there'd be a possibility that we could do this or that but, and it just goes on like that. It's like a kind of a, uh, an obstacle course or a maze that you travel through and, uh, and the wise person begins to recognize oh this is not about getting to the end of the maze this is about getting learning through this process the skills and the balance that you know lift you out of the maze you're no longer in it you're kind of not not immersed in it you're not driven in it you're not rushing along in it so this is conditioned life is like this so the sign of dukkha and the dukkha uh, dukkha it's called the direct dukkha which is painful dukkha to dukkha and it's the dukkha which is the sabhava dukkha which is like this the viparinama dukkha which means the fact that things tend to disintegrate and there's the sankata dukkha which means the kind of suffering and stress we get out of not being able to manage that experience, not being able to cope with it. 
Uh, and unfortunately, well, the way it is, is we tend to get conditioned into uh, a person who's trying to make it all meet, make it all work. <laughs> yeah. So sort of the person is bonded to squaring a circle, which, you know, to sweeping the sand off the beach. It's not going to happen. You just keep ironing the sea. It's not going to ever get straight. Mm. Yeah. This may seem like, well, all life is a waste of time. Not really. It means that in this process you do, you know, what you call the conditioned practice, which is practicing tidying, clearing, you know, doing the skillful more skillfully, uh, with more poise, more balance, more uh, resources. And so this is immensely for one's conditioned welfare and for the welfare of others. And this itself is a, you know, it's a major practice that we participate in. I do this whenever I can. You know, often just doing menial jobs around the monastery because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really mind what it is. <laughs> if it's just, you know, heaping piles of bricks, that's fine. Sweeping the yard, that's fine. And doing the washing up, that's fine. It's, you know, I don't have a big identity issue around these, these things because you know, trying to make a person out of it, or expect praise or reward or, you know fantastic performance and it's just you do the doing with mindfulness and with a sense of clarity and you know and, and naturally we meet challenges uh, things that are not turning up on time things people aren't cooperating things that break down errors in your own judgment you know mistakes when you got a bit upset or distraught or kind of said something you shouldn't have said so you're meeting all this stuff and then okay Right, how did that happen? You know, and uh, so you're kind of learning mindfulness um, on the run, as it were. You're learning restraint through just the, the, the say, the, the bumper car process where you just kind of bash around and finally get it. Get it. <laughs> uh, how you have to moderate your intentions and your energies yeah. and your goal orientation and your your judgments of other people and your assessments of yourself and then to kind of keep all these quite wait a minute, let's not lock onto any of this stuff. This is all the sankharas, these are all the created conditions, these are the perceptions, these are the volitional forces, you know, faltering, doubtful reluctant, driving, urgent, compulsive, you know, uh, uncertain, these are sankharas. Uh, and you get to sort of purifying those, but also by purifying, you don't really purify them, not in abstract, but by, in a way, by running them out and handling them as they, as they arise. And that's, that's the big, that's the master practice. Yeah, rather than mopping up the mess afterwards, or uh, which is certainly yeah has to be done, and aiming better the next time, which has to be done. 
but at the same time you're also handling it as it's going on. This is a daily life mindfulness practice with what arises. Mm-hmm. So this is then the development of parami, which I've mentioned a few times. And this is how you, you learn these um, or these factors that strengthen, guide, guard, smooth, soothe, sustain, restrain the chitta in building them in. This is you can just keep considering this is really what your life is about. It doesn't mean it's separate from you know doing your duties, but it's doing doing your duties with that perspective in mind. This is gonna you know what's gonna be strengthened in this you know, what's going to be challenged in this how can I meet this one mm. so this requires a certain quality of faith you know which means faith to move into what we don't quite know that opening faith is not the same as belief which is belief is you know imagining something already and creating that as a certainty faith is the ability to move into the unknown, the not clear yet. Because to do that, you can't look around you for the certainties because they're not there yet. That's what faith means. But you look where you can find the certainties, back in your own chitta. This is why faith is a cardinal, an opening for practice. Because you don't want to just go through life getting by doing the same old what you've done, you know. Re, re, rerunning it. You want to have something that possibilities where, where you have to open to the unknown. Because what this does is it has to send you back to your chitta. And this is one way in which our, our extension into conditions, extension into the conditioned realm, the same if you're doing it with with wisdom and with proper attention your extension into the conditioned world also extends you back if you like into your own heart because the first thing is well because there isn't you don't know so you have to okay let's just be more careful be more mindful you know the example we're talking about signs the other day and uh, as you're well aware, when you go in a, a highway or a street, uh, which cars and trucks drive along, it's full of signs, speed signs, warning signs, there's often white lines down the middle of the road or yellow lines down the middle of the road, lights, bumpers, and don't do this, do do that, five of these, 60 miles an hour, this, you know, these limits and things telling you, you know, there's a little arrow this way, you know, one 500 meters ahead, it's go left, and yeah, and so, and you know, this is for bicycles, and this is for trucks, and this is for cars, and this is, you know, it's kind of stuff all lined up. And um, the streets get quite cluttered, uh, uh, and I think for some reason, in some towns, they said, What happens if you take all of that out? Take all the lines, all the signs out of the road so 
person driving a car drives down this road and think, what on earth? They've got no signs at all. What's, you know, you know, there's no demarcations for pedestrians. It's just, just, this, it's just a, a corridor of asphalt, you know. And they said, the amazing thing was, number of accidents drops. <laughs> because everybody has to be, don't know what they're going, they've just got to really look around and what on earth is going on here. So they're super, super conscious, super mindful. Because <laughs> the unknown drives them back into their own chitta. Yeah. And so you've really got to look around. And... Which way? I don't know. Is it, wait, wait, watch out for that. You know, maybe drives more slowly. So it slows people down. <laughs> Which is interesting, isn't it? Because all this stuff, the signs are there supposedly to make make things safer. Uh, you know, I think it's 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 a good idea. I don't know, but it's you know, it's quite interesting. Um, because in a way all the signs and devices they take our intelligence away from us <laughs> don't they and they take your wisdom away from you because they take your attention they take your heedfulness away from you it's all guaranteed it's so you just cruise along and your phone yeah yeah so, 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 so. you don't really pay much attention yeah. crash Uh, faith, faith is a great, um, a great uh, guide, and uh, it's not a word I was very familiar with as a young person. I thought it meant some kind of religious belief, and faith in God or something like that, and I didn't have that. But I did have a sense of wanting to get out of the, the known and the, the programmed, the programmed, the known, the prescribed. I just, this is living death. I want to get out of this. So that was my thing in a way. So I was always trying to, you know, move around, go on the road, travel here, there, just find myself in unusual situations just to see what, what would be like, you know. And it was very, um, it was really quite quite interesting you know the things you you find when you like that and yeah and I was in Afghanistan and uh, which is a pretty wild country always has been in this little town and you look down the town and off, on the edge of the roofs all these guys sitting there with rifles <laughs> like you know it's normal that you need rifle to shoot somebody off the street <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you imagine the wild west might be this is the wild east and uh so I, I remember i think i wanted to buy a shirt or something and i went to this bizarre kind of you know talks to some old guy and so, but then you know you don't really buy you didn't really buy things like just go to a, a store and pick something you have to talk to the guy and and then it, you know, you've got to haggle, otherwise it's not really proper business. So you've got to, he's got to present something. You say, oh, well, maybe. And he says, my mother made this with her own hands. And you go, well, I don't know about this, maybe. 
and he gives you some price and he says, oh no, go away, and you walk off. So the next day you come back, and you do this two or three days running, you kind of get to know each other. And I found that, and then after about the third day of this, he said, you must come to my house. Because <laughs> he'd obviously, we got to know each other in this process. And I uh, went to his house in the evening, which really, in one way, you shouldn't, shouldn't do. It's a very dangerous country, but I just thought, well, the guy's inviting me. Went to his house and, and he, he gave me some food to eat. And he brought out this, this one stringed instrument called a ditar, and he just started playing his, his, his music and singing his song. You know, this is rather wonderful, you know, that kind of you come off the road and you mean this, somebody opens their life up. In faith. Yeah. So I, I lived like that, and uh, it was obviously risky, but yeah. And so then when I started, um, you know, more active faith, just meditation, um, sort of sign for meditation. So oh, I'll have a go at that. It's another doorway. Open that one up, see what's in here. And then did a little bit of that. And thought, okay, well, that's. Yeah, I think I'll do some more of this. So, where do I get to do this when I go to this monastery and do it? Okay, do that, and then, well, maybe I'll stay a bit longer. So on and so on and so on. <laughs> Until the next door opens. <laughs> and somewhere about 45 years lines, 45 years time later than that, somebody's going to do a Zoom retreat. Zoom retreat? What's that? You know, <laughs> and so there's a kind of gathering of faith. You think, well, it's a, it's the movement is virtuous. It's integrity. It's wholesome. We'll just work with it, and then you see beautiful things come around through through faith. And I think this is to me. This is just a, a lovely way to to live, to keep moving along on that on that. Um, you know, follow, follow, follow where the faith, where the doors open. You know, follow it, and meet the challenges that arise. So you know, straight from the heart. So it's uh, you know, when it's not into you're dragged into into that because you've got to, you have to. No, it's a free, free thing, and it's not about you know other people want you to or you know you should, but just because your faith arises, so you. You owe, it. you owe it to yourself to, to take your life back from, you know, the ought to's and the prescribed and the, all that kind of stuff. And so it's something, it's really, it's a movement forward. This is the, so often in meditation we're trying to almost move back you know, let go, let go, let go, it's it back. But actually, that's one way of expressing it. But also there's the movement forward that, in a way, sends you back to your centre. And in a way that's almost before the person arises, the person may feel they can't or they're not able to or they're not certain, but the chitta says, well, we'll just have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and so the energy arises and the energy that rises this is the second of these faculties the energy that rises is not panicking it's not uh, 
this is all certain, it's not automatic energy, it's not, oh well we do this, 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 it's a sort of feel it out, move forward, keep negotiating. So it's associated with mindfulness, it means you, you're sensing, you're holding a theme and then you're meeting, no not that, yes this, no not that, um, now this, not that one, this one, you know, you keep holding the, holding that mindfulness which is the capacity to focus on the main theme and keep sieving, filtering off, skimming off, you know, the doubt, the irritation, the confusions, the negativities or craving that arises. Because, no, that's not the theme. This is the theme. No, negativity is not the theme. The theme is this. And so naturally anything you do is going to bring up the conditioned mind uh, easily falls into these hindrance patterns. Uh, so that's when you, you move through the conditioned realm and it draws out these tendencies. Therefore you you know but then your mindfulness is no, that's not what I'm doing, I'm doing this. You let go of that. And uh, so then the mind does do, does collect into its into itself, which is what samadhi is about. Uh, you know, we tend to assume a samadhi is concentrating on an object, but that's not really what it's about. Uh, mindfulness is closer to that, but even mindfulness isn't so much concentration on object, but focusing on a process, staying with a process in which various objects can come and go. And samadhi is the result of doing that. You're really steadied in your process. You're collected, steady, settled in your process. The quality of doubt is not there. The restlessness, the apathy, the craving, the aversion, they've disappeared. So you're in your process, collected way. And wisdom, panya is the thing that if you're able to scan that, your experience and you see what's there and you realize what's coming from the heart is not so much a person or personal conditioning but dhammas things such as patience kindness equanimity um, determination resolve um, ethical orientation these are what he's are able to sail through the conditioned world where the person's often getting stuck and falling apart or staggering or pushing these indriya they're called leaders indriya indra was the king of the gods um so the buddhist obviously took that name and said okay well this is this is going to be our 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 god our leader is going to these five, these are because the Indra was the victor, the conquering deity. So these are going to be our conquerors, and they're going to conquer, you know, greed, hatred, and delusion. It's a warrior religion. <laughs> That's how it's set up. Set up by, you know, warrior mentality. Mm. So, in, you know, just to encourage. Because when we you know, use this occasion to to 
look more intimately, you know, and free or freeing ourselves from the worldly pressures of success and getting it right and worrying what other people think and all that. You're just in your own intimate space. You begin to see and recognize the programming that's been printed onto your chitta, the fear, the the you know fear of getting it wrong is one of them. And you can't live with that. You know, you can't you can't live with that. You can survive, but you can't live with that. You just gotta let yourself get it wrong and come through. You can't live under that tyranny. You can't live under the tyranny of the inner critic. You you know, it's just not possible. You, know, you can crawl and run, but you can't live a full life. So you're starting to, you know, recognise that patterning, the virus that we carry, uh, and begin to, by witness, clear it. And this is process. Say we're trying to encourage that returning to a to a, a non-engaged basis disengaged basis okay which is disengaged doesn't mean it's oblivious so we like so I mentioned it again you know there's the eyes are seeing but we're not looking at anything the ears are hearing's open but we're not listening to anything in particular body is there but we're not fiddling around touching anything so the senses are there but they're just held quietly and no going out. So that's called a disengaging volition from the senses. You're disengaging attention from the senses. And these are two aspects of sankhara, intention and attention. This is what builds up those activations. That is, one intends, one inclines, and one attends to details. And that means you get contact. Bam! Something feeds into you and you start getting more activation. So with disengagement, viveka is the word. Uh, okay. Got no particular intention towards sights or sounds. It's just there they are. I'm not focusing on any particular sight or sound. Attention is just light and open. So it's stable because the intention is not moving out. It's open because the attention is not narrowing in. It's not searching for something. It's not trying to find the right thing, the best one or the proper one or the one I'm supposed to be. It's not doing that. It's just open, stable, and returning to that. That itself takes some faith because this is a pretty (laughs) undocumented territory. You know, you don't see it manifesting in the world. You don't see it mentioned. Everybody's doing things and being something. And wow, yeah, getting on with it and so forth. And what are you doing? Well, I'm maintaining open presence. (laughs) It doesn't sound that much of a claim. It sounds kind of what? It sounds kind of boring. <laughs> Sometimes it's boring, but I let that pass. 
I realize it's boring is not stable presence, that's negativity. So I, re- I noticed that and I disengaged from that. It's just deep, steady, stable presence. Now you return from that to that as best you can. And that's an act of faith because it's uncharted. You know, it's, what's the point of that? Find out. Do it. You know, this is this is the this is the the lost territory. This is the last frontier. <laughs> We've been all over the planet, the bottom of the deepest ocean, the highest highest mountain, booming off into outer space. This is the lost the last lost territory, and it's infinite, and there's room for everything in there. Because it's got no boundaries to it, it's open. And as you most powerfully, of course, disengaging from mental um, consciousness, mano vijnana, that is the consciousness that's producing or manifesting as a flow of thoughts and impressions and urges and waverings and you know, all this stuff. Not disengaging from it, not averse to it, not favouring it, not comparing it, not wishing it should be another way, but just, okay, so where's that? How do you do that? Helps if you can withdraw into your inner body. Imagine, if you like, you're turning your attention back within this physical form somewhere maybe your lower spine just you don't have just imagine you're making that journey back something you can't you don't have a mental reading on right now if you if you withdraw into your say your face you'll probably think oh my face wrinkly flabby funny skin you know whatever no you better not go there <laughs> Too much identity. So you go perhaps into your lower spine because nobody's ever probably ever commented on your lower spine. <laughs> and you've never <laughs> been, been identified with your lower spine. So let's go back there. It just doesn't feel anything in particular. I mean, it's just, just a journey to make, to withdraw from the place where your mind gets very busy. You know, it gets very sensitive to to these territories these bodily territories so, yeah. it's just a technique a skill to help to produce that withdrawal from mental engagement you, know, you could of course just go into the visual space or the sound empty sound of listening then it's just a because these all mean the mind's got nothing to get any traction on. And what's that like? Well, probably a little difficult because we're used to having some traction, something to get involved with. And there's this latent tendency and the tanha, which actually tips into, well, it's doing something, remembering something, making it work, you know. Old karma welling up, pushing you into memories and uncertainties and issues and what you should be doing. So you just 
Uh-huh. How's that? But then just even the inclination to withdraw to a stable center, if you don't feel you've found it, because it's not really a thing anyway. It's, you know, it's not as if there's a particular, that bit's the stable center because it's open. It's got no boundaries. So you can't really define it other than just stable and open. Right. And then, but from there, you can notice all this mental stuff moving around. And then you're keeping the energy collected in that composure of centering. So processes are happening. And then we start to do acknowledge this particular formation. It's got the flavor of irritation. This particular formation's got the flavor of the sound of feeling of restlessness. This particular formation's got the sense of judgment. Mm, don't want those. Dispassion, patience, equanimity, and it roll. Now, as you're doing that, you know, the, this stable, open center becomes more apparent. It's the bit that's left when the stuff rolls through. Yeah. And you never know what it is because it's not a sound, it's not a sight, it's not a feeling, it's not an impression, it's a non, a zero. <laughs> yeah. But it's a very potent zero and the Buddha you know unconditioned so it's enabling one to assess the conditioned world with some wisdom rather than um, judgments or preconceived notions including of course most fundamentally notions about yourself, the person, what they are or they aren't, what they should be or could be, what they never were, and so forth, whether they're liked or disliked, whether they feel accepted or not accepted. Yes, this what's this one? This is the feeling of sorrow, this is the feeling of pain, this is the feeling of you know has to be heard, has to be felt be known. And through that, kindness and compassion get born. Kindness and compassion get born, not just as ideals, but as what happens when the citta meets dukkha. And all these skillful dhammas you know, they all arise at the place where the openness of the citta meets the dukkha of the conditioned. And these then these the Dhamma realm opens with all the lists that you can read in Buddhist books, you know. Barami, um, 
indriya, bojangas, enlightenment factors. Uh, this is where they all arise from. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, the most important is wisdom. And wisdom to know uh, mindfulness is not present for me now. Energy is not present for me now. Faith is waning. Time to step back. Time to centre. Know your measure. Know your range. The most important <laughs> practical application of wisdom to know what you what what you can manage now to know what the chitta can manage. We can know what's skillful and unskillful. Yeah. We can go, yeah, that's not right. We can perhaps begin to get a sense of this is the way out of suffering. But actually the speed or the you know the, the intimate process you can only know now. So you take back the Dhamma from the book and from the teacher and take it back into your own heart. You can't blame the book if they're not living your life. The teacher's not living your life. They can give you the themes, but then you've got to find the balance within your range and the directions where your faith arises and your energy is present. And you, you know, the faculties come together, the indriyas come together. It's a magical process, it's a mysterious process, but. It's a sacred process, which means that it's not prescribed. And it's tremendously valuing your authenticity, your autonomy, your integrity. This is the Sapurisa. It's called the person of integrity. Mm -hmm. Person of integrity attunes to virtue attunes to practices and so forth, experiences various kinds of hindrance and various kinds of, of um, samadhi and so forth. But what doesn't happen is they don't say, this is mine. They say, this, this is arising now. They don't say, it's better than hers. I've got it, but she doesn't have it. Because it's not yours in the first place. It's not doesn't belong to the person. It's an irrelevant comment. You're taking the world, the signs of self and other, 
are diversions. They're not on the main track. They're diversions. Send you down a the wrong direction. The direction of conceiving. Once you conceive of others, you conceive of yourself. And that means you've lost open presence. You're no longer in the open. You've closed. There's a closure that's occurred. Yeah. And now we're back on a personal track again. Yeah. And, you know, and it can, can go to some interesting places, but it doesn't go to the unconditioned because we are conditioning it. Or the mind is now conditioning it into being mine. That's a condition. So this, you know, returning and integrating is a theme in our life. The theme. It does also remind us just to keep turning the furniture over moving things around like where am I going what am I doing and, you know, just uh, why this one's supposed to it's not good enough Someone of personal integrity, Sapurisa, you also realise it's the path that must be followed rather than just the um, ideas and notions. And you've got to keep touching in with the basis of that, our faith, our our centeredness, recognising that having an open centre doesn't you can't you doesn't eliminate anything because if you're practicing properly your extensions into conditionality come from the center as you start for you know as a, just as a dumber practice you should always well <laughs> here i am <laughs> saying what you should be but the recommendation is your first movement of the heart it has to be goodwill because there can't be any other other movements can there there can't be any other movement you can feel good about apart from some quality of goodwill but it's towards yourself your body uh, you know it's got to be that otherwise everything else is driven isn't it goodwill arises you can't say okay now I'll do some goodwill it's not like a, a practice that you've got to concoct. It just when the heart is balanced, it opens. The opening is called goodwill. That's what it means. It means that one is willing, available. That's the opening. Right now, if it's compulsive, compulsion closes. Right, compulsion's got this kind of closing state. So you can't be 
compulsively good-natured. <laughs> it's a contradiction. You can't be compulsively open, <laughs> because compulsion is, closes and openness opens. And so you can... So the quality of goodwill, if it's the real thing, is just this opening, willing. And what am I willing for? What am I willing to say yes to? And really warm to and feel joy and wish to know where does that what where's that question and then where does it go from there don't know follow it the generosity the giving uh, follow it so these are themes that we um, re revise time and time again because it's the difference between uh, the chanda, the motivation, and tanha, the craving to get results. It's a pretty fine line between the two. <laughs> but with, uh, with chanda, with true motivation, you take the signs off the road open the heart, move like that. Tanha's always got there, you go there, 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 and you got to, then you get to there and you sort of reaching it pulled forward. Then Chanda means the gift of true purpose and we'll want to live with a sense of purpose it's not just passing time until you pack up you know and true purpose is is where your faith and your chanda your your motivationary energy moves it moves through the channel of goodwill opening the openness stays the openness stays so though we can say the openness is the the stable firm center it's also it's the abiding quality that stays if you're on theme it stays the openness stays that's why you can return to it because it stays with you in what you're doing on or sometimes not doing because things aren't oh you know conditions are not right yet so I'll offer this for your consideration